0: Hello, and welcome to Tell Me What's Good, episode three. Uh, I'm James Clark, and I'm here, as always, with my best bud, Jeff Ball. You're looking a bit flustered today, Jeff. How's it going?
1: I'm all I'm I'm all right, James. I've been waiting, like the lady on Titanic, 84 years for my laptop to work properly, but we seem to be there.
0: Nice. Are you going to chuck it in the ocean at the end?
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it can't make it go any slower, so okay. it's an option. It's an option.
0: Yeah. But I'm if doing you, okay. If- if you were on the door, would there be room for your laptop as well? Um,
1: well, I mean, the laptop, I think it would try and push me off. It's been that much of a pain tonight. But no, we're doing okay. Well, how are you? You uh, you had a leak in your uh, bathroom
0: area. Is that now resolved? It, it seems to be. By turning it off and turning it on again, my toilet is now fixed. So it's been a positive week. Um, Jeff, i what say what I've enjoyed this week uh, is our increase in social media following... Um, Over the past fortnight since episode two, the feedback from episode two has been really good. Um, It's great to interact with some of our listeners. I'm not going to call them fans just yet, um, but that's been a highlight for me over the last couple of weeks. Have you seen anything online that you've enjoyed that sense?
1: Yeah, no, it's been nice to get a bit of interaction and and feedback from people. We were very pleased to get a like from uh, one person called Colby Boothman, who is, of course, a star of Jurassic World. Possibly, you could say the instigator of the most iconic scene of the Jurassic World uh, series. Can you remember which bit he was in?
0: I I think he's a raptor trainer, am I right?
1: He is a raptor trainer, James, but he wasn't a great raptor trainer.
0: (laughs) Was he the guy who fell
1: over? He was the guy that fell (laughs) over that involved Chris Pratt being the man that he is, racing in and doing that thing where he stands with his hands up and stops the raptors. Well,
0: uh, spawned Leon... Spawned a thousand memes.
1: Spawned a thousand memes. So thank you, Colby Boothman. You have two new fans in the world.
0: Um, yeah, so if if you do enjoy what we're talking about, or if you watch any of the stuff that we've recommended, feel free to get in touch with us. Um, I'm, I'll give you the details now, so you can email us at uk at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at tellmewhatsg. Because Twitter's a nightmare, and on Instagram at Tell Me What's Good UK, and we'd love to hear from you. Slide into our DMs, please.
1: I feel we should have went for Tell Me What What What's Up G, as opposed to Tell Me What's G. Right, it, you can't
0: it, pull that off. You can't
1: pull that. Off. No, well, nor can you. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's very much down to a limit limit on characters in Twitter, in Twitter titles that we didn't think of until after we named the show. <laughs>
0: Anyway, Jeff, on with the show and let me tell you what I think is good this week. Okay. So, Jeff, The Devil All the Time. You may have heard about it. It's been on Netflix uh, for about 3 weeks now. I watched it about a week ago. So, The Devil All the Time is a gothic psychological thriller. I think I've described that correctly. Similar in turn to some of the southern gothic pieces like True Detective that we've seen over the past few years. It's set in the 1950s and 60s in Ohio and West Virginia, so not southern at all. But the film's got an excellent cast, Jeff, and that's what that's what sets it out. Uh, you'll have seen some of the casts. You, I'm, I bet you're familiar with Tom Holland. I, I've heard of him. I've heard of him, yeah. He's kind of a big deal. Uh, also... Also Robert Pattinson, uh, Sebastian Stan, who, as we know, plays Winter Soldier in the Avengers films, Mia Vazikowska, and I hope I said that right, Jason Clark, Bill Skarsgård, just to name but a few. It's got a great ensemble cast. What I'm going to do, I'm not going to give too much of the story away because I don't know how many people have actually watched it. I know it was big on Netflix for the first three days. The ratings kind of dropped after that, but it's worth a watch. But yeah, I don't really want to give much of it away. But what we do is we follow the lives of these characters in their relationships and through tragedy as the various strands of, strands of the story fall together nicely towards the end. Watching the film, Jeff, uh, I found it a mix of suspenseful, troubling and tragic in equal measure. Let me tell you, mate, no one in this film has a good time. Uh, and whilst I wasn't particularly sure if I was enjoying it at the time, uh, like I said, I watched it about a week ago now. And if I'm honest, it's really stuck with me ever since. The reason to watch the film, if I had to boil it down, is due to the incredible performances uh, that it gleans from its actors. Tom Holland does a great job as the lead, so to speak, though he doesn't emerge until about 45 minutes into the story. He busts out of that good guy, little fella stereotype that he might have created um, in his excellent portrayal as Peter Parker and plays a dark, troubled character uh, as a young man and troubles never really far away from him. Bill Skarsgård is also excellent in his role as Tom Holland's father, a war veteran from the Pacific exchanges in World War II who lost his faith due to what he had witnessed in the war. Uh, it's pretty harrowing what he, he saw. It's only on the screen for a few seconds, but it's right at the start and it really gets you. I think he shows a variety of emotions really well. I was really, really impressed with Skarsgård's portrayal, uh, in particular the moments when he looks like he's, his character's like almost happy. Um, you can see he's all, he's almost settling with his life, but um, but yeah, he can never really feel it, though. Uh, it's a welcome departure from his most well-known role as Pennywise the Clown, who, if I'm honest, just absolutely scares the life out of me. <laughs> um, uh, Jason Clarke is also another favourite of mine. You know, I really liked him in Everest. I really liked him in um, whichever Planet of the Apes movie he was in. Um, though he doesn't really get loads of screen time, but he's watchable in kind of a disgusting, sweaty way. Uh, the st- scene-stealer for me, though, is Robert Pattinson, who plays a creepy, enigmatic Southern preacher who has the small town Virginia eating out of the palm of his hand? He's a horrible character. In a, it's a horrible role. Again, I don't want to say more and spoil it, but he completely owns that performance. Uh, as Jeff knows, but our listeners might not. I have a little bit of a guilty pleasure in the Twilight movies, which I found strangely enjoyable. Uh, I do know, I do know, I'm crazy, but um, but you've got to own you crazy. Um, it's really nice over the past few years to see Robert Pattinson shrug the hangover that he suffered from those films and show the audiences the kind of promise we saw in Remember Me, which is one of my favourite films of like the first decade in the 2000s. He's actually a really talented actor, I think, who can play a wide variety of roles, as seen recently in this film, but also The Lighthouse, Tenet, and The Lost City of Zed, which I really liked. Again, you know, if The Devil All the Time isn't for everyone. It certainly isn't a laugh a minute, but it's streaming on Netflix now, and I think it showcases some incredible acting performances. I hope the Oscars notice it, and definitely give it a watch and let me know what you think.
1: I mean, you're not crazy to like Twilight. It's just you're not a teenage girl that grew up in the early noughties, um, which is why it all surprised me that you had such a great love to re-watch these shows. Um, I guess our Pats, or our, our Bats, as he is now, of course, uh, is is definitely an actor that I'm noticing more. I think there's quite a few people in this, though, that have There's a danger of typecasting. So, you know, Tom Holland's, Everyone knows him. Let's be honest; it's it's Spider-Man. So that's obviously changed there. Bill Skarsgård, like you said, terrifying and it. So I think he's one in particular that will be will be desperate to kind of get away from the, the makeup and the craziness of it. There. I mean, I thought it was really interesting because this is almost like a, a Marvel film from the cast, and it's actually is produced by um, Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal, thank you. But like the director is. He's, he's not really done much before. I think it's Antonio Campos, but he's only really done Our House. So, I mean, is this, would you say, is this an example of Netflix kind of going to someone that's got a good idea, go and do what you want then?
0: Yeah, so I think, I think he's taken steps up in his career. I, I'm not going to lie, I've not seen any of his films, but reading his, uh, his backup log, it was Our House for a bit, and then I think he made a movie called Christine in 2016, okay. which, um, which uh, seemed to be a bit of a big deal. So I think Netflix is taking a punt on a, on an up and coming actor. Um, it is it is produced by John Hall. It, it did have this incredible cast. I think the Sebastian Stan role was actually supposed to be played by Chris Evans, but then he couldn't he couldn't because I think I think he had scheduling conflicts. But they recommended Sebastian Stan. So it is Marvel. It's got a huge cast of real it actors at the minute. Pun intended. Yes, I, yeah, exactly, exactly, pun intended. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's Netflix just t- taking a punt on an up-and-coming actor. I like that his wife, I think, edited the film. Uh, his baby daughter played Tom Holland as an infant. It's a real family affair in the production. He wrote it as well, I think. Well, he wrote the screenplay. Um, really interesting little aside, it's actually a book from 2011, which I haven't read, but I'm You're quite gonna. keen to. But the author of the book is the narrator in the film, and oh, he has no. this like smooth, like almost treacle like southern drawl that just really wow. sets the tone early on. Um, he hasn't done any narrating or audio work before. He doesn't even read his book, his own books for audio books, but he did the narration and it works really well. It just ties the whole film together. And like I said, at the time, I wasn't sure whether I enjoyed it. I didn't know whether it would appear on Tell Me What's Good, but mm. it's just stuck with me so much that, yeah. Uh, give it a watch, guys. That's interesting.
1: I mean, yeah, I always think it's interesting when an author signs away the rights to a film. Uh, and then, whether he approves of it, but if he's if he 's done narration, then it's probably a, a, a thumbs up from him cool okay well uh the one i the first one I want to talk about this time is uh Schitt's Creek, which is one that you mentioned when we were talking yes. about the hashtag pandemies. uh given that it swept all four acting uh, awards at the Emmys uh, a few weeks ago, so I thought well let 's dive in and see what it's like um. And really, James, I must say, thank you very much for mentioning it. I've uh, really enjoyed it. So it's a it's a, a comedy. If you've enjoyed things like The Good Place, uh, Arrested Development, it's it's in a similar vein. Uh, short episodes, only about 20 minutes long, all shot on handheld on location with a, a pretty tight ensemble. Uh, and that's what this one has. It's about a very rich family called The Roses. They're stripped of all their money and assets apart from one, which is a town called Shit's Creek. And... Uh, they are forced to move there, even though they only bought it as a joke because of the name. Um, this is a family that the kids in particular are most at uh, home uh, influencing on Instagram on Kanye's yacht. So they're forced to move into the motel of this pretty rundown town and actually interact with local people. So you can kind of see where they're going with the idea of it as a premise. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of comedy within that, anyway. Particularly with the kids who are like finding it like so unfair all the time. And, you know, dad's a high-powered businessman who's now got no power. Mom is a former actress who hasn't quite appreciated how much she's not famous anymore, darling. So it's there's a lot to play with there. It's written by Eugene Levy, who will always be to me Jim's dad down. in American Pie. That's right, the man who. Hopefully, kept his receipt on that American Pie, um, and it's also written by his son Dan Levy, who plays his son David in the show. So you have an actual father-son dynamic here. Catherine O'Hara is the mum, who everyone will know as Kevin's mum from Home Alone. So that's about it when it comes to big names. Um, First season is only twelve episodes long, and that's what I've watched. I'll be honest; I wasn't quite sure when I first started watching it. I think when you go into it, they're all very superficial, very vacuous, very entitled, which you know makes you uh, laugh at them because the the residents uh, at the start they're fairly thin but very homely and very and generous towards them, but they're obviously not interested because they still feel uh, you know very put put upon by the cruel people of the FBI taking all their money so it took me a little while to get into it because it felt like there was a you know that there was a, a counterbalancing between two types of people there but you were laughing at them rather than rooting for them I think in any shows you need to root for them but I stuck with it and and I said go move into the second half of the season that's where they actually start building relationships and there's actually some texture um and you know you get to know the locals and they get to Uh, know them as well and and by the end of the first season I was actually surprised that I'd already watched 12 episodes. I was disappointed that I'd finished the season and I was quite keen to keep going. Um, So it's definitely one you have to stick with her a few episodes. And I know I've said after episode six, that sounds like a long time, but it's 20 minute episodes. So that's what, two hours screen time? So, really good watch. Uh, I was a big fan of The Good Place, and it, and it kind of reminds me, maybe without the wackiness of that, but it kind of feels very much in that sort of universe. So that's Shit's Creek, and it's streaming now on Netflix.
0: Nice. I'm glad you took up my recommendation, Jeff. Uh, are you going to crack on with season two and onwards after, after this?
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to keep going. I think we, uh, it's, it's won all these awards at the end of season six, which I don't believe is the end of it, unless someone tells me otherwise. So, uh, yeah, we've, now we've got another five seasons to dive into. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: It's funny, isn't it? Because, um, uh, and we'll talk about. I'll talk about this later on. But when you pick up a, a TV show that's got like multiple seasons, sometimes when you know if they hit the twenties episodes, it's really hard to get started on something like that. Like that's a huge mm. commitment. When, when you're an adult, that's a huge commitment. But uh, what I find really hard is there's so much good TV out there that um, that you might you need to watch it. Do you know what I mean? You need to get yeah. involved. So I think it's important to mix things like things like Shits Creek, which you've got all these episodes to watch, so that's a big commitment. And then you've got littler shows like the Fall that we talked about. Yeah, I like to mix and match these things but
1: yeah, no I like a I like a limited series. I kind of I'm at the point there when I, I love it when they advertise it like we're only doing 10 of these so you're like, right, I know there's 10 hours you need to go. Um I've certainly found the CW all the all the uh, all the DC TV shows I've I've just missed them by because before you know it, there's another twenty four episodes and then there's a tie-in yeah. like Supergirl. Supergirl's ending after six seasons. I haven't even started with that. So um, yeah, no, it's short, short and sharp, and very watchable. So we're definitely happy to keep going with this one.
0: Twenty minutes, I guess, as well is the great great thing to watch with your dinner. You know, sit down on the sofa with your with your tea, stick yeah. a couple of episodes on yeah get through it fairly quickly cool i'm looking forward to watching more of shits creek the second thing i want to talk about the one second thing i want to recommend jeff that i think is really good i've become completely obsessed with this game <laughs> among us it's just completely grabbed me over the last fortnight have you played it
1: so i had a go i knew you were going to talk about it and i logged in and it told me i was an imposter or something and then i killed someone and it said i won so i like well that'll do 100 percent success rate." Right?
0: <laughs> yeah, you. it doesn't sound like you've got the, the full no. effect. Okay. So for those who don't know, Among Us is a game available on all mobiles along with the PC on PC through Steam. Um, it's free on mobile and it's about $3.99 on Steam, I think it is. The premise is really simple. It's an online game in which there are 10 people on a spaceship. Each person has a number of tasks, which are like small mini games that take like between 2 to 10 seconds to complete each. Uh, that are spread out around the spaceship that you're on. Um, if everyone does their tasks, the crew win the game. However, one of the crew is the imposter, a bad guy. Exactly. He's a bad guy um, who has to kill the other nine, all whilst pretending, well, eight of the other nine, all whilst pretending to do their own tasks so they aren't suspected or caught in the act of killing. Um, the imposter has to kill the crew before the crew work out who the imposter is. It's kind of like wink murder, I guess. Um okay. The premise and the game are simple, and nothing about the minigames is taxing. Uh, many are simply clicking buttons or completing like five patterns in a repeating order. However, if a crewmate discovers a body or sees something suspicious, they can call a meeting of the crew. Then a text so, when they call a meeting uh, or spot a body, a text conversation appears, and for a minute or so, uh, you can debate through text chat with your crewmates what you've seen and who you sus. Among Us lingo for suspect. All the while, the imposter is also in the chat and is usually trying to deflect suspicion or act legit. Uh, These chats can produce hilarious results. And it's it's kind of like, you did it. No, you did it. I saw you coming out of the room. No, you (laughs) came out of the room. Oh, my God, you're lying. No, don't kill me. I'm not sus, you're sus. Um, Anyway, yeah, so like some of the best parts of the game are in the chat. Uh, after each chat each person in the in who's a left alive uh, has a vote for who they think the imposter is you can also choose to abstain or skip if there's a majority vote then that person is kicked off the ship into space and you see them floating off um as they're floating off into space you then discover if they were the imposter in which case you win the game or if they weren't in which case you continue playing and the imposter is still at large jeff this game is hilarious and it's also really bloody tense Uh There is no pressure that I've experienced recently, and I've got quite a high-pressure job at times. There's no pressure quite like being the imposter, trying to kill people whilst remaining out of others' line of sight and getting away without being seen um, or before the body's spotted. Um, Whilst it is certainly more rewarding to be the imposter, uh, that's that's a, a trait that's chosen at random each game. So you aren't guaranteed to play as the imposter regularly. If you were the imposter in game one, Jeff, that is really, really lucky. 100%.
1: 100%.
0: Exactly, say. 100%. Uh, however, I do love being a crewmate as well, uh, trying to like not get killed, trying to not be on it. You'll be in a room doing a task, and you'll spot out the side of your mobile screen, somebody else coming in your room, and you're like, oh, my God, is this the imposter? Is he going to get me right now? Cause killing, you can't stop being killed. If, if the imposter decides to kill you, you're dead. Um, and, and trying to catch the imposter before he gets away with it is just it's it's or, like it's just so tense like you're in a chat you're a crewmate you know that you're a crewmate because you have found a body everybody suspects you straight away and they're going oh my god orange is sus because you're all like color-coded orange is sus That's boot orange you go no, no legit it's not me honestly i have just arrived <laughs> i have just got here yeah. it's just the worst thing in the world. Um, and you don't want to get killed either, because if you get killed, you're a ghost and you can kind of, like follow the proceedings around. You can't comment in the chat anymore, but you can see what they're saying. And you kind of just follow the, the imposter around as he kills other people. And you go, oh, my God, it's Cyan. Get rid of Cyan. They go, no, no, I saw Cyan doing a task. <laughs> oh, man, no, it's the worst. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm getting carried away because I love the game so much. Uh, the graphics in this game are simple and it's like a top down view, a bit like the original GTA. Um, but it's a great slice of like social interaction as well at a time of isolation that we're currently in. It's a strangely compelling experience. I love Among Us. I'll be playing it for ages. They announced an Among Us 2, and then they actually thought, do you know what? The developers were like, do you know what? We're going to cancel Among Us 2, and everything that we're going to put into it, we're going to put into Among Us 1. Uh, and I, I love that commitment to a game. It was released in 2018, and when it first came out, it was averaging like 30 users at, a, at any given moment. It's okay. now It's now up to 3.8 million players at any wow. given time. Um, it's really had a boom in the last three months. It's got huge servers. There's no lag or anything like that. Um, Occasionally, the game ends really quickly, but you just got it like you you presumably experienced, but you just got to stick with it. Um, Yeah, I love it. You should too. Everybody should play it. It's available, again, through the App Store or Google Play. And remember, it's free, so you're not losing anything by giving it a go.
1: Very good. I did uh, I did see one comment online that said uh, it's, it's popularity as a result of uh, all being in lockdown, where we started off playing Animal Crossing, which is all about friendship and being wholesome, and now we're into, let's just kill everyone. Do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, locked in a room. We're going to kill everyone in here, but uh, try and get away with it. So,
0: I what i'd love to do uh, if i had 10 friends if i had nine friends i don't but if i had nine <laughs> friends and it wasn't covid i'd love to get 10 of us in a room playing like a local game which you can do as well and it just the suspense would be insane. I like, you'd be looking at everybody sideways. I'd love it. That's my, that's my ultimate goal. But yeah. So if I've got nine people online or eight people, if Jeff, we can persuade Jeff to play, if you all get into it, you like us, give us a message. We'll have a TMWG game at some point. What else have you been liking? Tell me what, what else have you been liking.
1: Yeah. Well, apart from my one, one go on Among Us, um, one film that I revisited recently was actually a uh, black Klansman. So that's, uh, oh, that's my second awesome. one. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a great film. It's, it's uh, directed by the amazing Spike Lee. It stars John David Washington and Adam driver, big fans of both of them. Um, the most ridiculous thing about Black Klansmen is it is based on a true story. And that is about the first black officer, police officer in the uh, Colorado Springs police department. This is back in the seventies who decides to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan. And he does so, which is absolutely crazy. Um, I mean, Spike Lee is very much the director of choice when it comes to sharing the, uh, the, the experience of black people throughout history and society, you know, going back to Do the Right Thing in 1989. Uh, Malcolm X is one that most people are probably aware of, but even uh, earlier this year, uh, The Five Bloods on Netflix, which was uh, one of uh, Chadwick Boseman's uh, last films, sadly, um, but I mean, just as an idea, you kind of hear that black police officer, 70s America, KKK, and you just kind of go, what? How the hell does that work? Uh, it helps that Washington's character is called Ron Stallworth. Uh, Ron Stallworth being the whitest sounding name to members of the clan, uh, and the combination of that name and simply saying, I don't like people that aren't white, is is all it takes to get in to 70s KKK. Um the, the the story develops in that he, he goes to Adam Driver, who is a, a fellow police officer, and says, "Look, you need to play me in person." Uh, while he works his way in, uh, ending up talking to the Grand Master of the Ku Klux Klan on
0: yeah. the telephone.
1: Which is, again, it's all true, which makes it ridiculous. So you're, you're fascinated to watch it, see how it how it plays out. Obviously, it gets pretty tense at times. Um, you you're never impressed by the KKK, but there are some of them that aren't completely stupid and uh, as you can imagine it, it's hard to do. But uh, yeah, it's one that I wanted to go back to obviously with everything that's happened with black lives matter this year. And then um it was really watching Washington take the main role in Tenet where he was very good in that one. Um And it this is a film that
0: somebody had it, to be. Some,
1: <laughs> some, I was very impressed. So I can't confess that I understood Tenet, but I was impressed by the performance of the Washington. Because let's be honest, this is a guy whose dad is Denzel Washington. He uh, used to play American football in the NFL, I believe. So in terms of um, a combination of eloquence and confidence, he's, he's got it all in that respect. Um, and when you take that and have that strength of personality and go against the KKK, who, let's be honest, their best idea on a Friday night involves pitchforks and torches. Um, it starts to become believable that could happen. Um, it it's driven as well by driver uh, driver pun intended, who <laughs> does a lot more than Kylo Ren. Um, hopefully, people have seen him in more than Star Wars because he is a really good actor. Um, here he plays a, a a cop who is Jewish, who again the KKK is not very keen on, and he takes away the cliches. He, you know, we trusts Washington and it, it makes it much more than just, it's about a lone wolf fighting an unrealistic fight. Uh, and that's what makes it something that you just, you're just really interested to see how it plays out. I've made it sound very tense, but it isn't all the way through. The ridiculousness, the absurdity of the scenario does actually bring some humor to it. So, but it's not laugh a minute in that respect. Um, but it's just, if you know Spike Lee, it's up there with the sort of work he does. If you don't know Spike Lee, then you need to know that this is filmed in 2018 in a Trump America. And he's not subtle about pointing out the issues that he sees in the world in 2018 compared to back in the seventies, both throughout the film. And then a very uh, poignant message in the, in the modern life, uh, sorry, in the modern world at the very end there. So it's a great show uh, it's a great film for now and what's happening in society. It's great to see where Washington came from and what's obviously turned Chris Nolan's head. Um, but yeah, really, really strong way to uh, spend a couple of hours, and that's uh, that's also streaming on Netflix or a very affordable ninety nine p on the Amazon store.
0: Nice. Yeah. yeah, I like John David Washington. I'm a big. I don't know about you. I'm a big fan of ballers. Um, obviously, I love it because of my love of NFL and my love mm-hmm. of the rock. Um, but he's been mm-hmm. one of the lead actors in Ballers for four seasons now, I think. And uh, I think he's probably the most enigm- enigmatic presence in an enigmatic cast on that. So yeah, and I love Black and I'm a big fan of Spike Lee's earlier work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's definitely good. It definitely belongs on this podcast. It's a great it's a great recommendation, Jack.
1: Thanks, James. Um, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see where um, John David Washington goes next. I think we haven't talked about Tenet at length. I think we both agree that we appreciate the 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 uh, the fact that it's Nolan's version of Bond, which has got some great action, but we don't really understand why. But I think the one of the standout moments is Washington's performance there as the protagonist, which the fact he didn't even get a name is very Nolan. But there you go. <laughs>
0: Four really good recommendations for you guys to check out there, but on to my top three, and this week, with us realizing that in the next month or so we're going to have a momentous election in the u s that we're all gripped by from afar, fortunately from afar, we challenge each other to name our top three scre- on screen u s presidents not off screen u s presidents because I'd have a list for that as well, but um our <laughs> top three our top three on screen u s presidents topical Jeff. Straight in with it, who's your number three?
1: Yes, my number three is Bill Pullman in Independence Day. I think, you know, growing up, the president of America has always been seen as this iconic role, the leader of the free world Uh, that is meant to be inspirational. Um, And Independence Day is such a classic 90s blockbuster. Um, He leads from the front. He, you know, he makes big speeches. He flies a jet. He's just he's a war hero there's so many things there that just make you go yeah and let's get behind him <laughs> america. And america yeah um yeah and it's just great great fist-pumping film and bill pullman is very much if the globe was being uh, threatened <laughs> with extinction from aliens you kind of want someone to step up a little bit so uh yeah no very very strong
0: uh offering there awesome great pick great pick good first movie he, he what, was he present in the second movie? I can't remember.
1: He was former no. president, and he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't quite well at the start, but then he came back, and he was like, "Oh, I'm I'm ill, but I'm still going to help save the world." So it's, you know.
0: It's funny that I can't remember remember that in the second movie. It must have been something with that's, the second movie that was unmemorable. It's it's almost like it just wasn't as good. It wasn't as good. Let's pretend it never happened. That's why I um, didn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so my number three pick is Morgan Freeman as President Beck in 1998's Deep Impact, which, by the way, I much preferred to 1998's Armageddon. Deep Impact, so, yeah, so it's an interesting pick as, you know, uh, President Beck wasn't very successful in Israel of avoiding the catastrophic collision of an asteroid and Earth. Spoilers for Deep Impact, but if you haven't seen it by now, then I haven't picked Freeman for his character's role here, Jeff, but more for Morgan Freeman himself. I think I would trust him in anything he ever said or did. Uh, The man just oozes genuineness. I don't know if that's a word, but he uses it. And I think that in a world that we currently live in with Trump and, uh, you know, to a lesser extent, slightly Boris Johnson uh, and the like, uh, that's what the world needs more of, trustworthiness. Uh, If he stood for president now and if I could vote, I'd vote for him. That's it. That's the pick.
1: Now, please say that genuineness is a word. I've Googled that with the uh, intention of mocking you, but uh, (laughs) you're right there. Um, Yeah, no, uh, Morgan Freeman, I mean, I think he's played the president a few times now. He's also played God. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, obviously. So that's fine. Um, I think he's been quite important for real life politics and much like my pick for my number two, which is Dennis Haysbert, who who was the president in 24. So you're looking at me. You're looking at me for an hour. Well, he started as senator David Palmer, and then he moved up to president. That was the plot for the first uh, the first season was uh, Keith Sutherland's Jack Bauer had 24 hours to protect Senator David Palmer, who was a very righteous, integral um, politician who obviously people weren't happy with there. Um, I mean, what a guy, you know, he, he absolutely played his part in the TV show. That was, um, in quotation marks, real time, even though uh, there was no toilet breaks. Um, it's probably one of the strongest TV presidents we've ever seen. It was not a passenger; it was a powerhouse performance of integrity and intelligence. And don't forget, do you remember his, his wife, Sherry, and the role <laughs> <the, the world laughs> she played there? And this was—it was amazing to see this kind of like power couple of of uh, in, in uh, of, of a, a black senator in us politics and i really strongly believe that from seeing people like morgan freeman and seeing the likes of dennis Habert, that is what led us into um, accepting the idea of electing someone like president obama which was only a few years after that so yeah i think uh, really really important but also very impressive performance
0: we may come back to David Palmer later in the episode. Oh. So my second pick um, is Jed Bartlett, or uh, Josiah Bartlett, I think he was called, played by Martin Sheen uh, in over 155 episodes of The West Wing. Yes, yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, you pro- you've probably seen a pattern with my presence here, um, as Bartlett was sure to be another trustworthy, honest president who appeared to have the best interests of his entire nation at heart. On the whole, uh, you know, Bartlett was an intelligent, knowledgeable, morally upstanding and effective leader. Could he have done better? On occasion, yes. Could he have done more? Sometimes, yes. Um, but he was human and the stuff that he did do, the stuff he did accomplish, uh, will ensure that history in that universe would remember him as one of the better presidents. Um, also, he was excellently portrayed throughout by Martin Sheen. He was just a wonderful actor. Uh, the West Wing is a fantastic show, and whilst you know 155 episodes is certainly daunting, as we discussed earlier, Jeff, uh, they'll fly by as it's so well written by Aaron Sorkin, who understands that universe, that world so well of politics, and had a great cast of, of character actors that just that just enriched every episode. It's also screening. I don't know if you know this, but the the West Wing, I think the cast have got together for like a special one-off episode that's airing next week on HBO Max. Oh, I, don't wow. know whether, I don't know where it is in the UK, but um, on HBO Max in the US. So, you know, you might be able to access that. Uh, but that's in preparation of the upcoming elections. Um, so that might be worth a watch if you can get it. But yeah, he's my second pick. He's just an all-round good guy.
1: Yeah, no, uh, he's one that people keep coming back to. And and there's a lot of people talking about watching the West Wing. Uh, Aaron Sorkin as well. He's got the trial of the Chicago 7 coming out soon, uh, which I'm I'm hearing some good things and hoping to to check that out uh, in the coming weeks there. But yeah, no, very good. Very good. Number two there. Um, That leads me then to my number one. And frankly, there is only one choice, James. So if you don't say this one, I'm afraid you're wrong. Um, It is Harrison Ford in Air Force One. If the 1970s was uh, Harrison Ford in space and the 80s was Harrison Ford in a fedora and whip, then the 1990s was Harrison Ford in a suit. You had him playing Jack Ryan in Clear and Present Danger and Patriot Games, where he was a mild-mannered, Man who wears a suit who's actually a badass, and then you played uh, Richard Kimball, who is a, a mild mannered doctor who didn't kill actually- my wife. Kimball, who uh, is a badass, and that was the fugitive. And then here he is the president of the United States. He, before he gets on Air Force One, the president's plane, he says, "I don't like terrorists." And lo and behold. His plane gets hijacked by a team of Russian terrorists. So here we are, the president of America taking on a whole team of Russian terrorists in the air on Air Force One using the guerrilla fighting techniques he learned in Vietnam because, of course, he is a war veteran. So, yeah, I mean, just an amazing 90s blockbuster. Um, Very tense, but just it's it's peak harrison ford of the 90s it's peak gary oldman being the british guy who's not got a british accent but he's the bad guy um you know he's been like gary oldman not like gary oldman at all but this is coming off the back of dracula leon jfk and of course it's got the most iconic end to any film with a u.s president in where harrison ford spoilers breaks his neck with the cord of an open parachute, and then it says, "Get off my plane," and kicks him out the back of a, of the of the plane hangar. absolutely tremendous, so that is why he is the number one u s president on screen so you've got the same one yeah
0: i'm going I'm going to level with you here jeff i don't and <gasps> but so I've sat down I've listed all the u s presidents on screen I can think of I haven't googled it, and I have forgotten the Air Force one exists. <laughs> <laughs> and which is such a shame because god i adore that movie uh i love that movie i need, to, I, need to, I need to go and either punish myself severely or watch it again right now because i we might as well just stop the pod here and now um because yeah it's class but no my number one president who really is in my head now my number two president by morgan freeman um my number one president is the aforementioned David Palmer from 24, played so well by Dennis Hayes, but you've kind of gone over the the main deals, uh, Jeff. The the reason I've picked him, but you know, Palmer is an earnest president who prizes doing the right thing over anything else, despite often the machinations of his family behind the scenes. Uh, You mentioned Terry, his son, I think Kevin ruins things in C. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, Um,
1: uh, I forgot how, but I forgot how it's almost like uh, Shakespearean, they're all scheming in the background, aren't they?
0: Yeah, his brother's even a badass at one point as well. Well, badass in a bad way at one point as well. (laughs) And then, you know, he needs to get Sherry's help in season three and Sherry will only do it if he remarries her and he won't do it because he doesn't love her because he does the right thing. What a lad. Um, Any present who is always ready and able, though, to answer the call when Jack... Get me the president, Bauer, is on the line. has got my vote. Uh, of course, in season one, Palmer's a centre standing for election during the day of the presidential primary. But season two and three and 24, The Game, which I used to love, uh, he is an elected president with hard choices to make, including whether he's going to run for a second term. If only if only the current US president made the same choice. that. Palmer. <laughs> These choices nearly cost him his, his job, but also nearly cost him his life at the end of season two. In terms of resilience and honesty, David Palmer is second to none as a US president on screen, and that's why he is my US pre- he was my US president of choice. Um <laughs> you to
1: I mean, yeah, he's he is a great actor. Um it's a shame that we don't see more of, of Dennis Haysford. I think he's done he's done a lot, but I mean the last thing I saw him in was a tremendous cameo in Brooklyn nine nine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just as Captain Hulk two point oh but yeah. just bad, love it.
1: Yeah. So um, no, it'd be lovely to see more of him there. But uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, very. Let's let's. We're we'll meet in the middle, James. He's the best TV U.S. president, yeah. and Harrison Ford is the best movie
0: U.S. president. I'm happy with that. There you go. I am happy with that. Oh man, what a great list that was. Um, I love I love making my top three. Uh, if we could find a way to sneak Brooklyn Nine Nine into it, uh, that would, at some point you, you mentioned that, and it just maybe want to watch it all over again. That would be great. If you have any ideas for my top three that we could do, um, please feel free to get in touch with us. Remember those details again are tell me what's good uk gmail dot com, at, at tell me what's g on Twitter or tell me what's good uk on Insta, which is, seems to be where we get the biggest tra- load of traffic at the minute.
1: On the social.
0: Um, on the social, I didn't say it this week because you took the mic. <laughs> Um, on to things that we are well excited about at the minute, Jeff. There's so much we've got a big list this week. The f- one big, and we've cut quite a few out as well. Uh, the one, the one thing that, well, the biggest thing for me that dropped over the last two weeks that I'm so excited about is that one, that one poster for Jurassic World Dominion or Jurassic Park Six, whatever you want to call it. I am really excited for this.
1: Yeah it's uh, I mean it's good news bad news because we have a we have a poster and we have a cast uh but it is a poster saying that it's moving till 2022 um like a lot of films unfortunately our cinema go into hibernation but I think what we can say is 2021 and 2022 are going to be amazing years for film because yeah. there's a, a backlog
0: Yeah you know what? for me I, like I love the cast of the first the first three movies even even Jurassic Park 3 I still love the cast um even the
1: Velociraptor.
0: No, not the Alan. Time. Alan. That didn't, that didn't happen. It lives in the same like multiverse as whatever Independence Day 2 was called. <laughs> um I love I love that cast. Uh, I love Chris Pratt in the Jurassic World movies. If I'm honest, I don't really love any of the other cast in the Jurassic World movies an awful lot. I'd love the dinosaurs. I love obviously Blue, the Velociraptor. Hmm. that I'm convinced my dog looks like. <laughs> I love the fact that this movie is putting them together uh, putting those those casts together and I, I'm totally here for it
1: I thought it was really interesting that they haven't, there's no one top billing. They've literally just done it alphabetically. There's about 10, 12 names there. And -hmm. if you look through, it's literally every main character from the first two Jurassic Worlds, plus obviously those three of Laura Dern, uh, Jeff Goldblum, our finest Jeff, and uh, Sam Neill. So, um, yeah, big cast, really big cast. And I think that we've had a, what, there's going to be some kind of time hop that seems to be implied where there's dinosaurs are a lot more. Uh, prevalent in the world uh Colin Trevorrow did that short um of it was like a bear attack but it happened to be a dinosaur um so yeah interesting to see where they go with it because like you say it's number six so um it's important that they maybe try and find a new direction
0: yeah yeah I would agree with that um you know what I really loved um I really love the time hop that we that we Suffered uh, in the Planet of the Apes movies, the Rise of the Planet of the Apes movies. Mm-hmm. I think they did that really well, and they created that universe really well. I hope that I hope that Jurassic World Dominion yeah. goes down that same kind of line. I'm I'm so looking forward to Chris Pratt and Jeff Goldblum being on the same screen. This I is think true. that this is I think that'll be that'll be some really good, uh, really really good comedy acting there. Yeah, another thing that's popped up in the news for me um, over the last few days is, is uh, Disney Pixar's Soul, which is coming to Disney Plus on Christmas Day. And, it, Jeff, it's coming for free, which is great considering the price that they, they slapped on Mulan, uh, which I still haven't seen. Anybody that doesn't know me um, needs to know that Mulan is my favourite Disney movie. My 10th birthday cake was a Mulan birthday cake. It had Mushu on. I know all the songs. still haven't seen the movie because that's a ridiculous price while they stuck it for me. But, yeah, this one is free and I'm buzzing about it. Uh, well, it sounds like you're not
1: as dedicated a Mulan fan as you claim, James. But uh, no, it is good that this one is going to be uh, well free. Well, no, no extra paywall along alongside the subscription. Um, very big statement from Disney for the Christmas Day audience. I think it's an important day. It's probably beside World Cup final sort of things. You know, the the viewing of Christmas Day is is one of the most uh, important points to capture an audience and um pixar don't put many feet wrong we we kind of we know where they're going to go with with their films it's you know what if tv Uh, what if toys had feelings what if bugs had feelings what if feelings had feelings and it's it's pete doctor who did inside out so this is his follow-up for pixar so just based on the strength of inside out i'm very excited about this and it definitely one that has turned my head
0: yeah pete doctor's been a writer and producer uh and director for Pixar for a while, but you know he directed, uh, like you said, Inside Out. He directed Up. He directed mm. Monsters Inc. Three, I think, of uh, Pixar's strongest films. Pete yes. Docter
1: has made me cry multiple times in oh, the company yeah. of others in the cinema.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I like the premises so. I like that it's Jamie Fox. Uh, you know, Jamie Fox is cool in anything, and Tina Fey is funny in pretty much anything. The story itself, for anybody who doesn't know, it's about a musician who's lost his love of music, and with his soul, is leaves his body and it's trying to find its way home in classic Pixar fashion. But it's never been boring before, so I'm here (laughs) for it now. Uh, Next on my list, Jeff, of things that have popped Mm -hmm. up, and it's a brief one, is Prison Break Season (laughs) 6. Man, I love Prison Break. As I you mentioned do. last, last you really episode, I, really yeah. I really do. I really do. I really do. I I'm excited. I find myself being excited about this purely on the basis of one photo and comment made by Dominic Purcell, who obviously plays for any fans. Link the sink. Who posted a photo? Uh, posted a photo in a bit of an AMA on Instagram, and um, with the question, "Will Prison Break or PB season six happen?" Yes, he said. I'm assuming PB doesn't mean. Peanut butter, I'm assuming he's talking about prison break, and I am so so buzzing. It's to be honest, it's not concrete, um, but any excuse any excuse for me to dust off the first four seasons, plus that mini season five, and get Michael Schofield, Link the Sink, Sucre and the rest back on my T V is good enough for me. It's all on Netflix, so get watching
1: yeah, I mean, it'll be if uh, hopefully if they do it, they can go back to maybe the earlier seasons of prison break when they broke out of the prison as opposed to breaking back in, then breaking back out and then breaking back in, um which I found it got a little bit stretched, a little bit stretched later on. But uh, no, I think um it's great to see Dominic Purcell and uh, went with Miller. um you know the they're the brothers there that had such a good relationship that d c signed them up for. Um, was it friends uh, friends of tomorrow was yeah. he heat, heat wave and captain cold for for uh, a couple of years so um yeah, hopefully it is real. hopefully it's not just Dominic Purcell needing the work and trying to get the fans to move That's to do it hard take. there's a lot of there's a lot of actors out there that could do some work James let's be honest
0: you're right you're right don't don't crush my dreams, dork. <laughs> Tell us a bit about the trailer for Your Honour, which got you really, really worked up this week.
1: Yeah, so this is starring Brian Cranston. He plays a, a judge in New Orleans. Uh, his son, Adam, is involved in a hit and run uh, with what looks like the son of some kind of mafia boss there. It's a new limited series. It's only 10 episodes long, but the trailer was absolutely magnetic really really interesting it made me go and see uh, where it is there's no word on a uk release yet but it's coming out in america in december i've got absolutely no doubt that someone will be picking it up but i just thought it was great to see uh brian cranston you know continuing to to go back into tv work where he does he's done so much great with breaking bad
0: not to mention Malcolm in the Middle.
1: Malcolm in the Middle is, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the same character as Breaking Bad, but yeah. Pretty
0: much. Yeah. No, I, I think I did a bit of digging, and I think Sky Atlantic have got it, Jeff. Winter twenty twenty. I think they're saying oh, on then. Sky Atlantic. Cool. Yeah, which is which is really exciting. I love the trailer as well. As I've as I've previously explained, I love my Southern Gothic. Um, that seems to be a bit mm. of a thing at the minute. Uh, it's set in New Orleans. I'm so into that culture and seeing a bit more of that culture. And seeing the route that they take with that, whether they go down the crime route or whether they go down like the, the post Katrina route or whether they go down like a bit of the, the Cajun and the Voodoo kind of route, I'm really interested in that. The father of the the boy who's killed, uh, so like the mob boss, is mm. played by Michael Stuhlbarg. Now I don't know whether you ever watched Boardwalk Empire. Um, it's mm. one of my top. It's one of my top five TV shows of all time, and he's incredible right. as real life criminal from the 20s and 30s, Arnold Rothstein. So he's a he's a really magnetic actor. Really watch watch mm. worthy. So I think if he and, he and Cranston get much screen time together, I think there'll be tune-up scenery left, right, and centre because Cranston's class.
1: No, no, that sounds great. Sky Atlantic feels like the sort of home for it, um, if, yeah. you, if you've watched anything on there before.
0: Totally get you. Um, one thing that I'm excited about, and I could talk about this all day, so I'll have to be careful, is <laughs> the upcoming release in about a month's time of Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. Um, now, I guess this is kind of a niche game, but it shouldn't be. It'll sell. It'll sell millions. Of, some ten, it'll sell tens of millions of copies when it's released. But it's the newest game coming out from the um, production company CD, CD Project Red, who are the guys who brought us the Witcher series, oh. which I guess probably their best known stuff. Mm. Um, the Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. Jeff, is in my top five games of all time, probably my second place or third place after The Last of Us 1 and 2, mainly due to the quality of the story and writing and game design that goes into it. It's like like with The Last of Us, Jeff, it's like playing like a 100-hour movie. It's class. Uh, It's one of the first RPGs I really got into, uh, and it's incredible. Side quests written into it are uh, fantastic and just as good as the uh, the main story, if not better, which is why I'm expecting huge things from Cyberpunk 2077. So... I'm not really into it, if I'm honest, my cyberpunk lore and my steampunk lore. That's kind of, well, I, you know, the two things are different, but uh but have the same root. Uh, th- so I'm not really into that. So this is a new world for me to be dumped into, but it's set in a future where humans can, like, augment their bodies with, uh, I guess, cybernetic prosthetics um, so that, you know, you can add, they can add in... Like eyes or different, like different arms, weapons built into your arms and stuff like that. So I think the character design—they've already said that the character design is going to be really in a, like insane and unseen kind of character design on this game compared to any other. If you're into that kind of thing, you can really make your own character. They're not gender bound, which I think is really, really yeah. like new for, com- for, for computer games, considering the audience that a lot of them pander to. But I think it's an excellent move. I've deliberately not found out much about the story of this game because I don't want it spoiled. But mm. the trailers and the released three trailers have been fantastic. Well, I say trailers they're like 20-minute explanations where they they don't explain the story but they like interview the the like production crew and like the game designers and stuff like that. Yeah, and they they've they've been really worth a watch. I think this game is going to redefine the RPG gen- genre for the next generation of consoles. What I really like is you can pre-order it for PS4 and Xbox One. You can pre-order those versions now, and then the game is being released on the nineteenth of November, which is the same day as PS5. I don't know about the Xbox Series One Xbox, who cares? <laughs> but CD Projekt Red have said that they'll allow you to like download slash upgrade um, your version of it if you download if you buy a, a digital copy onto your PS5 for free on day one. Because they don't want anyone paying for the same game twice. This is the same production company that released all their DLC for free for their games, which I think is an incredible move, and I wish, yeah. wish other people would listen to that kind of approach. Yeah. If you game, check out the trailers. And let me know what you think. It's definitely going to be my day one PlayStation Five game, and it's going to be it's going to push Last of Us Two uh, for Game of the Year, I think.
1: I mean that's uh, that's also a bold statement. I think is it's such a uh, a big choice, and it shows what kind of gamer you are. What game are you going to play on day one with the new console? Um, so that that is a bold statement there. I mean, for me, I'm aware of it because it's got Keanu Reeves in it. Yeah. Which is um turns my head instantly, um so interesting to see where he goes there. I saw a picture of the Japanese actors or one of the Japanese actors with this script, and i 've never seen more paper um yeah. it, it, only in a library so it, it's clearly going to be very dialogue driven but apparently uh, Michael Ponsmith has been a consultant on it he's been heavily involved in a lot of dungeons and dragons over the years, which if you think how popular Dungeons & Dragons is in terms of a role-playing game, you know, it's easily the the top name when it comes to role-playing games, then, yeah, I think that's a really interesting indication of where it's going to go. So, uh, yeah, also interested in it and keen to borrow it from you uh, when you've finished it.
0: No, you won't be borrowing my digital copy, mate. That's God damn technology yeah we'll just wait for that HelloFresh fresh subscription to come in um sponsorship to come in and you can treat yourself <laughs> um, yeah i think it's really important to say that you know you hear dungeons and dragons and it might put off a lot of people i've certainly never played dungeons and dragons this game is going to be badass it's going to be a game talked about for the entirety of the next generation of consoles um so yeah watch the trailers and just get into it um, i can't wait for it um probably the last on my list for this week or last on our list for this week is the announcement of Star Trek Prodigy. Jeff, I think this falls into your wheelhouse. Tell us a bit about this.
1: Yeah, so this time last year we had the big reveal of uh, Jean-Luc Picard was coming back. Patrick Stewart was reprising his role. Um, This year the big news is that Kate Mulgrew is going to reprise the role Mm
0: -hmm. of
1: Janeway. Yes, Captain Catherine Janeway. So the star of the Voyager shows, the the later next generation shows. Uh, And this is Star Trek Prodigy. It's a brand new animated series. It's on Nickelodeon. It's about a group of teenagers who uh, take control of a decommissioned Federation starship. So they come across Janeway, Janeway in some way. But apparently she plays a starring role. And it's just really good to see what is a very iconic character for a lot of Trek fans uh, come back into the universe. Um, This means that there will now be two animated Trek shows on the go. We've also got Lower Decks, which is from the team that does Rick and Morty. Um, Not out in the UK yet, but they did put the first episode up on YouTube, and I really enjoyed it. If you like Rick and Morty, then it's very much in that sort of world there. So, um, yeah, I thought it was good to see that Trek is sticking with TV, because I think... Throughout throughout the years, it's always been your know, Star Wars versus Star Trek, and I think Star Wars, apart from Mandalorian, which I know you'll jump on straight away, I think Star Wars deserves to be on the movie screen, and I think Trek works best on the TV screen.
0: I totally agree with you. Um, I yeah, I buy into everything that you've just said there about those two those two franchises and where they belong. Um, if I'm honest, I str- I struggle with this kind of animated thing, but I'm really into the idea of. Uh, seeing Catherine Janeway again she was always my hero growing up I loved her so I'm looking forward to a bit of that that's on Nickelodeon I think
1: yeah it is um yeah so you've got so you had Catherine Janeway and Mushu then growing up
0: no no Mushu wasn't my hero he was just on my birthday cake
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) the the, the two
0: aren't synonymous with each other
1: okay so there was no like Janeway cake for your 11th birthday
0: no god I wish (laughs) Uh, I I think that was a Colin the caterpillar Anyway, I guess that's kind of it from us for this week. We found when we were planning this podcast, Jeff, I know that you in particular found it hard to work out what we're going to chat about in the news because there's just so much. Mm. Um, it's We've got to keep reminding ourselves that we're not a, we're not journalists. Uh, we have real jobs. Um, we just do this for fun. But there's so much going on at the minute. I think, I think the light at the end of the tunnel, if there is light at the end of this current COVID tunnel that we're in, is that, as you said, 21 and 22 are going to be unreal. Unreal for games, unreal for for TV, but amazing for movies. I, I'm I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, i we've a uh, lot looking forward to. But for now, James, I think uh, our next show is going to be Halloween special, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for that. I'm the easiest scared fan of horror movies that you'll ever <laughs> find. So I'm looking forward. If you got, if you guys have got a Halloween suggestion for our my top three, we'd be really into that. Yeah, I look. For, I'm looking forward to it. I love a bit of Halloween. I've just found out that I'm going to be in the house on my own on Halloween as well, which is the worst feeling.
1: Um, I mean, good news is that no one's allowed to come around to your house. <laughs> That's so,
0: a you thought, brother.
1: Yes. So you know, if anyone does break in, a serial killer breaks in, you can just go, "Excuse me, I'm not allowed to mix with your household," and you'll be fine. I can't imagine them having any issue with that.
0: I'll just call a Paris Saint Ford, circa Air Force One, and uh. Or channel my inner Harrison Ford Circuit Air Force One.
1: Yeah, watch it. Watch it on Halloween and then you can shout at them.
0: Get out of my house. Yeah. Um, anyway, we, we hope you've enjoyed this week's uh, this week's podcast. I've really enjoyed putting it all together. Um, give us a me- give us a message or a, a message. A message. Uh, give us a <laughs> mention or a message on on the social. Uh, ask Tell Me What's G on Twitter ask Tell Me What's Good UK on Insta. Um Tell your friends as well. Pass the pod. um, Let them know how much you're enjoying us. You know, uh, spread the message. Yeah, and just thanks for listening, guys. Uh, So I guess from me, James Clark, and from you, Jeff Ball. Goodbye. Goodbye and good luck.